Hey guys, today I sat down and talked to Kevin Luke. Kevin Luke was the Michigan Tech men's basketball coach for many, many years. Uh, he was a great coach. He's the, I believe, the most winningest Division II coach in Michigan Tech history. Uh, this is an awesome conversation. We talk about his history in basketball, his coaching history, some of the mindsets and stuff that go along with that. Uh, so this was an awesome one. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Kevin Luke, thanks for coming in today. Always, always a pleasure. It's nice. It's been a while since I've been in front of a mic, but it's always a nice situation to be able to come back, talk about coaching, talk about passion, talking about uh, careers, I guess, for that matter. But uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. We're here to talk about basketball, coaching. You've got a long life in that world. Let's take it back to the beginning. Where did basketball begin for you? Well, let, let, just a, a quick rundown of, of playing. You know, I lived, I, I grew up in Michigami. So with that being said, there's not a lot to do in a, in a town of 400. So my dad, my dad made me a hoop and I, I, I played a lot of basketball because that was the only thing really to do. So it was, it was many, many long days and I'm not trying to say I did anything good. I'm just trying to say that's all we had to do and that and play baseball. So we, uh, we, we did a lot of playing of basketball and it, and it grew into a, a passion of, of trying to become the best you could be as is coaching. Uh, so I, I practice a lot, did a lot of, did a lot of individual stuff to, to try to become the best I could be. And I played uh, high school basketball, a champion and at Westwood and back in the, in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, uh, uh, was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to come to Michigan Tech and play, and that's when it all led into my uh, my coaching. You know, at, at some point because it was a passion to play and compete, uh, I was a I was a always wanted to be a coach as a growing up, and I didn't know if it would ever happen, but I knew that I had to get into some type of education. So I I uh, transferred to Northern Michigan and got a teaching degree so that I could go to go coach at the high schools and I always right. thought that I would end up in Indiana because I you'd always read as a kid how how good Indiana high school basketball was and that's where I always thought that I would would end up but it, it that did not come to fruition I was was going to school at Northern Michigan finishing up my education degree and uh a position at my high school opened up in the in the at the eighth grade level and I, I took it and ever since then and I can't even remember what year that was but that was that was a long long time ago uh, and uh, from eighth grade basketball ended up I guess w- working my way up to the head coach at Michigan Tech and here we are yeah right and we'll dive into some of the coaching history um, or and the progression of the coaching but it, some would say you're a fiery coach or you're a very fiery coach <laughs> were you a similar player did you play the same way or when you were playing were you a different mentality externally you know i i think when i was playing i was more you know uh, within myself right and and i and i and i do think that even though 
you know, people see me as being a fiery person, a fiery coach. Right. Uh, that's just part of the battle. Uh, I, I know when I'm doing it. I know that I know when I have to stop, when I had to stop doing it. Yeah. Uh, that's really, really an interesting point because I, you try to, as a coach, as a player, you try to stay within yourself and don't let anything get, get sped up too much in your mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, certainly, uh, certainly that's, that's part of the, uh, of the process and growing up. But, uh, I would be, I like the fact that somebody says I was fiery, fiery because with that being said, I, I thought that I always, more times than not, when I was fiery, I was going to bat for our players. Yeah, right. No, I say it with nothing but respect. I thought it was an awesome, <laughs> awesome thing. But I'm curious, myself in turn, I played high school basketball locally. When I play, I'm totally within myself. But when I'm watching somebody play or if I was ever be a coach, I think I'd have a hard time staying within. So I'm curious how you handled that as a player. It's interesting, you know, and again, I love these conversations because as a player, you, you know, the, the, if you're out of control or going too fast, your results are not going to be what they should be. Right. And sometimes it's mental, sometimes it's physical, and you got to have that, have that balance. And, and if you stay within yourself and know what you're doing and on occasion be fiery, it's okay to be fiery. Sure. It's okay to be, you know, just calm and cool but you know number one you gotta you have to be yourself right. and and whatever that is for yourself to be the best you can be is the way you have to handle that yeah uh and and i found it to be as a coach you know stay within yourself but at times you have to let your team know let the let let everybody know that you're unhappy with the situation you have to react to it whether it's mm -hmm. you know i don't I don't, I never tried to have any of it be embarrassing to me or the program or to the officials or to anybody else to be disrespectful. Right, right. But I think there's a, a certain passion with, with all sports, all coaches, all players that you have to have that. And that's what keeps you going. Yeah, for sure. So again, I want to get into the coaching, but still sticking within the player side of things. When did you become obsessed? What, at what age or what was that trend? What you know, was that progression like? And I always think about this in the coaching, it's hard to get away from that. But I, I know as a young kid, when, when, uh, again, my dad put that court up and it was really a nice court and everybody in town would come and play on that. Uh, I know that back in the olden days, cause that's when it was, when I was, when I was, I would, I became obsessed when Ma would call me and it would be getting dark in the summer and I'd always have to leave. I couldn't leave the court until it, it because of my competitiveness until I made six or eight shots in a row, depending upon how many spots I picked for that night. Right. But I had to make two in a row from each spot. Yeah. And if I missed, the say, the 10th one, I had to start over again. Right. And there was many, many nights where I was out there in the pitch dark getting yelled yeah. at. But <laughs> because we didn't have a light on the court, uh, but I would have to finish that. And I think that was, you know, one of the reasons why – you know, I don't, I don't want to sit here and think that I was a good shooter. I, I think my results, my statistics spoke that I was a good shooter, but sure. I think that's one of the reasons why I had a passion. And I, and if I, if my mind was set up to, to, to be a good shooter, I wanted to become a good shooter. And because of nights like that, and there was many late nights, mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I, uh, I became into that, into that good shooter. I don't know if I could defend. I don't know if I could move. I wasn't very athletic, but right. I know that if the ball was in my hands, I could, I could make a basket. Yeah. Right. And again, I, I I've got a thousand questions. We'll get into all of it, but <laughs> where does that come from? I mean, that, that I could picture that same thing, the, uh, you know, shooting, you're not leaving until you do this, so you, whatever it else. Is that something you created? Is that yeah, genetic? Yeah, where does that I come think, from? You know, I, 
I think it's all, all of the above. And I, and I, and I do think if, if this is okay to say when I was, geez, fifth grade, sixth grade, uh, women's basketball wasn't even, didn't even start then, Mm -hmm. but my sister had a passion and was very good. My older sister, and she'd probably kill me for saying this, but, but, uh, she'd come out and we'd play on the, on, on the old court before, before dad built that new one. And she'd always beat me. Yeah. Right. And that did not sit well with me. So <laughs> she she helped. She doesn't know this, but she helped in that process of of being a competitor and wanting to stay there. And then over you know over time, you know, because she didn't play because they didn't have women's sports. Right. Uh, you know, I, I certainly passed her up, but 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 it was only with time. When I was a young, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, when she beat me, mm-hmm. uh, that 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 did not sit well. So I. I stuck with it and she stuck with it and she, she beat me as long as she could. And then it finally came to a point of me being competitive that I think with, with my size and, and, and maturity, I, I got the best of her. Right. That, that was, I was, that wasn't until, you know, eighth grade probably. Right. Yeah. So the, the playing at tech, anything you want to touch on there, was that a good experience? Well, you know, it was a wonderful experience because I, I had a, I had fulfilled a dream uh, and, and it was really a great, great experience learning, you know, with, with other players that had been their, their, you know, considered the best player on the high school team that got recruited, coming together, having to mesh, having to see what was going on, uh, played with some wonderful people at, at Michigan Tech and, and, uh, still friends to this day. And, uh, the competitiveness takes it up a notch again, right. where, where, you know, just to survive, you have to compete. And if you want to take a couple of days off, you know, you, you, you lost your spot or mm-hmm. you lost your time or, you know, but playing for uh, coach Bill Gappy at the time, uh, he was a fiery competitor, although he was a, a short man of stature, he was very, very competitive and taught me a lot about competing and, you know, being the best again, on top of what I thought I knew, you know, Putting another, putting another emphasis on 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 learning and, and trying to become the best you can be, and he he was certainly good at that. Yeah, right. The we'll we'll touch it on the coaching aspect, but how did that as a player? Again, you're you're typically you're going to be the star player at your high school. How did that mesh? I mean, did you guys all come together and you realize that now you're a role player versus the star, yeah. all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think I think you have to to realize what your role is and know where you can fit in. And I think you know that's that's obviously part coaching, but as a player and trying to be the best you can be, you know the the team always comes first. Mm-hmm. So if you understand that that if you're open, you shoot, and if you're if you're not the best shooter, you get you get the ball to somebody else, unless it's a very very high percentage shot. And I think that, you know, I don't want to say there's pressure amongst college players, but uh, but I do want to say that that it it takes time to make that adjustment coming mm-hmm. from high school to college for the exact reason we're talking about. Right. You know, a lot of people think because you average 20 points in in high school that you should go to the next level and average 20 points. Mm-hmm. No, you'd be lucky to average two on right. a good team. Yeah. You know, right. you have to bide your time. You have to wait that time. You have to you have to learn. You have to you have to fit in. You have to make sure that you make sacrifices so that the end result is the team first and then as a result of making those sacrifices you get your opportunity to play in a game and you have to make the best of it and that's how you become a player in games knowing what you can and can't do and being successful and you can practice all you want on the side but you make the most progress in in the actual game of of what you practice to see if it if you're moving forward and getting better yeah right what were those first 
so moving on then to the coaching side of things, what were those first years like coaching eighth grade, uh, progressing up to <laughs> high school coach? What were those like? Oh, it, it, it was really interesting because uh, I always came from the school of, you know, teaching fundamentals yep. and I, and I still, and I still will, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so eighth grade, I know that, that, uh, you know, at, at that level to me, you know, it's important to kids and it's important to, to dads and it's important to parents that, you know, that you win. But I, I think at, at that level, I think it's, it's more important that you have a foundation and you, you teach these boys at that stage to, to, uh, to, to understand the fundamentals and be able to, to give them the best opportunity to become the, to become the best that they can be. And I, and I know that my, my first job was at a, a middle school called National Mine. And, uh, we, we had, we, we had a, they, I, I inherited a couple good players right. and, you know, we, we, uh, we worked on fundamentals and I, th- and I think those players that I'm talking about really turned out to be outstanding high school players, but that was not a re- as a result of me, that was as a result of them, but we did teach fundamentals and I think it was important that at the time, uh, you know, you, you needed to, to listen to the high school coach as to what they did. Sure. And we would, and, and I would try to, to, to learn what he wanted to do so I could teach that to the, to the eighth grade level. And then I moved up from, from eighth grade level, a job opened up at Westwood high school. So I took that as a, as a junior varsity coach. And then, and then, uh, it, it started to, to, I don't want to say blossom, but it started to change into a situation where it was a passion and I, and I wanted to get my own job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then at that point I, I worked at Westwood for three or four years and, uh, my, my coach that I played for Irv Dieterle and then I worked for Irv Dieterle, mm-hmm. uh, uh, was going to be there for a long time. So I had to either, either stay at that level or, and, or try to pursue another situation. Sure. And as it turned out, one of my best friends, a, a, a college teammate, Jeff Cotilla got the head job at Michigan tech and that, uh, an assistant job opened up and, uh, I, you know, I, I got the job and, and, and here we are, I, I was seven years with him. And, uh, then, uh, I was asked to, to, to uh, take the head job uh, now 28 years ago and worked for 20, 27 of those years as a head coach at Michigan Tech. And yeah. and uh, things turned out the way that that's the way I got to where I got. Right, right. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it's all good stuff. And I want to I dive before you got to that head coach position. What was that like? Were you, you were recruiting as well? Is that right? The, I mean, the first seven years where you're. Recruiting oh yeah, well, you're recruiting all the time, but 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 you're you know you're the you're the uh, you're the I don't want to say chief recruiter, but you are responsible of of finding these these athletes who can go to school, who can play, who can help you get better, who can mesh to be a team. You know, you got to. I always say this, Michigan. It's a you got to try to find the, the, the Michigan tech type person, you know, yep. a kid, number one, the kid's got to be able to go to school and be successful. Number two, he's got to be able to sacrifice, you know, for the team to make us better. And, and that's the, the, the lead responsibility I would say as, you know, that as, as well as player development. And it's been so long since I've been there, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, I remember those as being, you know, huge. And I know the responsibility that I've given all my assistants, you know, player development, as well as you know, getting players into the university. I think I, I do think that the assistant coach does does the lead job in 
finding these these players, whether it's you know ten a year, twelve a year, three a year, depending upon your needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to, I might add, to have assistants that all did an excellent job in that sense. But I do think that the the, the head coach has to finalize the you know finalize the deal for sure. You know, they, have, the... they have to meet you. They have to come up. You got You know, you want to meet their parents. You want to you want to get the player to see who you are. And, and what type of program you're getting into because it needs to be a good fit. And I think that although uh, uh, an official visit can only last 48 hours, you got to do a lot. You got to do a lot in that 48 hours to, to educate these young men as to who you are and what you are and what type of program you want, you run and what type of uh, 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 school you're getting into so that you can be successful there. Cause, mm-hmm. cause ideally at our level, that's what it's about getting your degree. Yeah. Right. So, the and then thinking about that as well that when you got into coaching at the eighth grade the varsity and into this uh, assistant role at Michigan Tech was that a uh, what I'm trying to think of is was that a way to continue basketball and it was a, in your head it would have been a step down from playing but then it turned into where this is actually another level beyond playing from a enjoyment or a passion standpoint does that question make sense yeah yeah the question makes sense and it, and I hope I answer it what the way I thought I heard it when you're a player you know you're you're a part of something bigger than you uh and you you try to 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 do the best you can do and it and it's an excitement at a different in a different way than for, from a coach, you know, you're the one diving on the floor. You're the one making shots. You're the mm-hmm. one getting a stop or not getting a stop. You're the one that, that you're, you're, you're kind of putting pressure on yourself. And, and, and as a, as a, as a coach, a lot of that is the same. Mm-hmm. However, this is the challenge. You're not out there doing that. Right. You right. have to convey that to get them to do those things and be the best they can be. So it's kind of the, the culture, if that's a fair, yeah. fair, fair way to put it, that from a player, you, you are part of that culture that you have to fit into as a coach, you have to establish that culture and make sure your players, uh, follow that and live with that. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, some players can't do it. Right. right. Some, 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 dads won't don't think their son should be in that culture mm-hmm. you know whether it's good or bad or right or wrong you know i think over the course of 27 years as a head coach in in 34 as a as a person at michigan tech we created a good culture and had a, a lot of aspects where we tried to help these young men right but but yet you have to understand that not everybody's going to be 100 percent happy when you're all the best player on your high school team yep. you want to be the best player on your college team and sometimes it's not possible right uh so you got to make sure that they they fit into that culture and i and i and i hope that i answered that question like i heard it yeah. there's there's great great satisfaction in both right if yeah. you play high school that doesn't mean you you weren't a great player just because you didn't get recruited to go to the next level right right there's a great deal of satisfaction in that and to be honest with you i've i've recruited kids that don't didn't want to play after high school mm-hmm. be, because it is it is somewhat turning into a job sure and right. education's important and, and and that's okay yeah you know so with that being said, there's, there's, as far as a player and a coach, there's many, 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 uh, great, great, 
uh, levels of satisfaction that you have. And, and as players, you have disappointments. As coaches, you have disappointments. How, how fast you want to get off that, that disappointment train and get on back on track and, and get going. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, no, I, th- I think you answered that well. Part of what I was looking for or, or th- curious about is I could see a world where you're a player, you love basketball, you're passionate, you're just obsessed with it. And coaching is just a way to continue that. But you oh. don't necessarily look at you, going into it. You'd think, okay, this is a way for me to live in this world. Eventually, I think you'd realize that you know coaching is is bigger than just being a player. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, that? you know what? That's a that's a great point that you bring that up because I've had many outstanding players. In fact, some All Americans yeah. that that played here that had that wanted no part of getting into this profession, right. meaning the coaching profession. Yeah, and 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 that's okay. That's right. awesome. You know, a majority of our players at Tech go on and are very, very successful in the in the professional world as far as being engineers, being you know business people, and mm-hmm. and 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 all of that kind of stuff. But there's there's it, that's a great point that you bring up that we we've had all Americans that wanted no part of coaching and 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 loved the coaching that they got at Michigan Tech, but but wanted no part of getting into that. And mm-hmm. and I think that I think that a lot of well, I'm finding more now, for example, two of them are leading our program right now. Mm-hmm. Josh Bittner, who who had a stellar career, right. and, and Ben Stelzer, who had a stellar career, are both running our program right now, who are both All-Americans and, and going to be very, very successful you know, college coaches. Right, right. Yeah, it's just neat. I, I could just, again, I'm thinking about that mindset of getting into coaching and not realizing you impact a lot of people over the course of your career. Well, I, I, I do think that... that as a result of playing at that next level and at the high school level, yeah. your coach can make a huge impact on you right. as to how you go about things, quote, in the future. Mm-hmm. And I and I do think that that coaches in this day and it's it's an interesting point and and you know, a coach never could ever replace a parent. Right. But I do think they have to help in some senses for example, discipline, right? You know, and I'm not saying parents don't discipline their kids. Mm-hmm. It's a different discipline playing in a program than what time you have to have your kid at home, right? Yep. You know, so so, and that's where you get in in the day in this day and age of of a little bit more where parents where parents see their son playing in a program, especially at the high school level, yep. what it should look like versus what a coach thinks it should look like, and and that's the difficult. I, I, I would th- I would say in this day and age, that's a difficult thing, and we can probably touch on that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, there's so many aspects that a that a that a coach goes through of of help trying to help a athlete mm-hmm. be the best person that they can be. Right. Not only do you try to teach them the X's and O's of that particular skill, you try to teach them how to be a better person, how to be how to be, uh, you know, disciplined in, in their own values moving forward as, as a person. And, and, and one of the greatest satisfactions that, that I've gotten in coaching, uh, not only from, from the players of how we handle them, but from parents that have said, you know, you took my, you took my kid as a, as a young, as a young guy and you helped turn him into a man. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't, certainly at age 22, you're not a complete man, right? but, but there's steps 
that that they had to follow as in being a part of our program that that we that you had to adhere to we had we you know we, we don't have a lot of rules but our rules are strictly in, enforced and i think it does help you become a better person when you get out of the house mm-hmm. and and you have to be you know again i'm not a parent i'm not a i'm not their parent but there's some things i have to do to make sure that they're better people for along sure along the way yeah i mean i still pull Today in the business world or my personal life, I still pull from lessons that I learned in sports throughout my high school career. No question. Sport sport teaches lifelong lessons that, right. that you cannot replace. And I, I get sad when I see these professional athletes not being good role models and they yeah. say, I don't want to be a role model. BS, you are a role model mm-hmm. whether you want it or not. And I think you have to portray that as as you know, you were fortunate enough to come through. You got to pass something on good to the young, the young kids in this day and age. Right, right. Yeah, the uh, I think the neat part about it is again, you when you're in the thick of things, it's basketball. But afterwards, you realize it's it's way bigger than basketball, without yeah. a doubt. It, sport, again, not to not to sound like a broken record, but sport does so many things in your personal life, your discipline, your your decision process, your your ability to get along with people, to communicate, to to know when you should, like we talked earlier, get a little, get a little feisty, mm-hmm. know when you shouldn't get a little feisty, be within yourself. And, right. and all of that is good. And in sport certainly, certainly does that for you. Yeah. Right. The, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Let's dive into the, the coaching. So head, head coaching role came up. How did that come about? And what was that? You know, it, like? you know, it, it it's, it, it's crazy. I went to the, uh, well, let me just back up this. Uh, Jeff Cotilla, the the guy that hired me, mm-hmm. he uh, he uh, was my age. So after about five years, I was there for seven. But after five, I had to start thinking. You know, how how much longer do I want to be an assistant, or do I want to get go off onto my own? Right. You know, and certainly certainly that's with with every position so i'm thinking you know I, I i did have my resume prepared you know to and i and i threw some feelers out there and uh i went i went to the final four mm-hmm. uh in in night it was 93 i went to the final four and uh i came home i'll never forget this i i got to a point where uh i would come home on sunday mm-hmm. The, the semifinals were on Saturday and the finals are on Monday always, but I'd come home on Sunday mm-hmm. and uh, uh, watch the final game at home because it's great being there in person, but it's better to watch on TV. Yeah, right. So, because you can watch the reruns, you can see everything that's going on. And I got home on Sunday night and I get a call from the, the then athletic director, Rick Yo, and he says, uh, I'm not going to to uh, renew Jeff Cotilla's contract, and I want to give you the position on an inter- interim basis. Hmm. So obviously at that point, I you can't turn that down. No, right. It's my best friend that just didn't get renewed, mm-hmm. and I'm now in charge of, of the program. So number one, I, I, I had to get with him and talk to him about my goodness, what happened? Right. I left a couple of days ago as an assistant. I'm coming back. Now I'm talking to you what happened and we don't need to get into that because yep. I don't know that I don't know that I ever will know. Sure. All I know is 
somebody at Michigan Tech said, you got to give that that bald-headed guy a chance, right. you know, 20, 27 years ago. And they did. And at, uh, at Christmas of my interim, uh, Rick called me into the office and said, we're, we're removing the interim tag. You have, you have the job. Hmm. So all I told him was, I don't care if this is interim. I don't care if it's part-time. You're not going to need to open the job up. It's going to be mine. Mm-hmm. And, and we worked hard enough to, to make that happen. And I was, you know, very, very thankful because I did end up having a, I think a, a really successful career at Michigan Tech. Yeah, absolutely. You're uh, weren't you the, I was reading earlier today, and I've read before. weren't you the winningest uh, Division Two sports coach at Michigan Tech? Is that I, something to that effect? You know what? If you read that, it, it's something that I don't know. It doesn't make any difference. To me. That sure. just means I'm really, really old. <laughs> but uh, if you read that, I that that could be a possibility. I don't know. So had a great career. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. And I, I, I it. it to me, it's not about the statistics. It's not about anything other than trying to trying to have the best team we can have and, and do the best I can do by the by the players. Yeah, right. So, what were those that first? What was that first season like? You're now a head coach. Was that crazy? Oh, it was. It was. It was crazy. I I, I'll, I'll, I remember it like it was yesterday. TV six came up then that early that week. And I was, I mean, I had never been on TV before, you know, for, so I was all nervous. I botched that all up and, and, uh, it was, it was crazy, but, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, a it was, it was a crazy season because it is a, a, a huge step going from an assistant to the head, because mm-hmm. as an assistant, you know, you can go home, you're disappointed, but you can go home as a head you can't necessarily go home after the games all the time. Right. And, you know, sometimes assistants don't either, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But but everything now goes from not having to worry about the detail to paying attention to every detail. Yeah. And, you know, that was probably the biggest thing. You have to teach yourself, you know, and 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 as a result of that, you know, I mean, you have to do that because it's now it rely it's on your shoulders, and you know, certainly that's something that I will always remember. But you know, I want to touch on this because it it, it just popped in my mind. You know, when you go from an, an assistant to a head coach, or a, from a from one job to the next job, and there's more responsibility, and mm-hmm. you f- you have to pay attention to detail. Uh, you know, being a being a uh, uh, a married man with family, yeah. your family suffers a little bit, oh, yeah. and and I, I I was you know blessed with with my children and my wife that that uh, allowed me to do what I had to do to be successful, and and you can't ever take that away because when I look at the end of my career, when I look back at it, you know all the times I was gone, all the times that I missed my kids' games, all the times that you know Barbara, my wife, sacrificed for 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 what she wanted to do a lot in her life mm-hmm. that she couldn't because she was allowing me to do what I did. You can't ever repay that. And, no, you know, right. certainly, uh, certainly I was blessed to have a family that was very, very supportive of, of all the things I had to do to be successful at, at tech. And, and, uh, it, it, it's really hard without that supporting cast. And, and certainly she was, was my, my rock mm-hmm. and, and gave me the, the, the opportunity to become who I could become and, and fulfill that dream of being a head coach and being successful. Yeah, for sure. No, there's, yeah, you couldn't do it without 
the support on oh the back God, end for it, sure. It, but it just it, it, it's endless, and you got to try to to do the best you can. And, and she did. She did a wonderful job raising our kids. And the little the the two cents I had when I was around, I you know I I'm hoping that worked out too. Yeah. Right. The um so I, transitioning into the head coach role, did you feel like an imposter? Was there a part of you like? who am I to be here or, or <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Uh, it, well, that's, it's interesting you say that. I didn't, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I was an imposter, but I felt like now it's on you. You got to do it. You've, you've prepared yeah. mentally for this time. Here it is. Go mm-hmm. make the best of it. And I knew that, that I wanted to get rid of that interim tag, but I also knew that if you worried about that tag, you weren't going to be who you were. Right. And, you know, in just like in any position, you know, you, you don't know it all. After 27 years, I still don't know it all. I'm still mm-hmm. watching, you know, some film on, on how, I, how, how I could still do things if I was still a coach. Right. But, uh, you know, you, you don't know it all, and it's just you, you have to do what you have to do at the time. You have to do what you think is right at the time. But more importantly, you know, make sure that, that you're giving – you know, the program, the kids, the, the university, the best chance to be successful. And uh, I think as years, as, as I learned, as I learned early in my career and learned from not only the players, but the, but the fans and the parents and everybody involved with the program and the bosses, that that it can be done and I and I and I think we developed a you know a really strong program over that time but getting back to initially you know I, I remember going to talk to to two of two of my lifelong friends now excuse me Dave Nordstrom and Mike Augustine thinking oh my god you know in terms of your actual question can I handle this job <laughs> you know and they yeah. both of them you know, glaringly said, yeah, go and run with it. And that, I think that's all I did was just went and ran with it, paid attention to detail, learned as I went along and did the best I could. And I think people appreciated that. Yeah. Right. The, uh, thinking about that as a coach and, and I'd imagine that you maybe changed over the years of what your thoughts were, what's your biggest role? Like, is it, is it more of, I mean, of course you're a leader, of course you're going through X's and O's, but it seems like there's something where there's everything that the fans would see but they don't realize that like for you to be the best that you are, you need to be the best at this. You, you know, you don't, yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting because I don't know what that answer is. Okay. I know, I, I know that you have to, it, my philosophy was that you have to do the best you can X's and O's. Okay. You have to do the best you can as, as a substitute with these young men of being a parent mm-hmm. and a leader. Right. So there's a fine line there. You know, sometimes these kids, you know, when you're not, when they're not, they get homesick mm-hmm. and you have to do the best you can there. So you, you have to take your coaching have, hat off and put on a hat of, you know, I got to make sure that this young man makes this adjustment mm-hmm. and you have to, you know, you have to be, and you never are always, you, you never know it all always sure, right. but you have to do the best you have with the tools that you have in mm-hmm. your in your toolbox right and of course the older you get the more tools you you you, you obtain mm-hmm. but uh so you have to be at good at being a, a a parent you have to be a substitute parent right you have to be good at being uh you know x's and o's and and you have to be good at at the discipline portion you have to you have to be good at constructive criticism you have to be good at 
positive reinforcement. You have to mm-hmm. be good at compliments. You have to be good with the press. You have to be good with, you know, you have to learn about all that stuff. So I don't know if you ever, you ever have it figured out, but sure. you got to be able to, to maintain and, and do the best you can keeping the program in mind first. Cause that's bigger than all of us. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's a lot to take in or a lot to think about. <laughs> Has that transitioned what, from the early part of your career to the end? Did you find uh, your fo- focus shifting towards different areas? Yeah, you know, I I, I haven't. And and when I was when I was a young coach and inexperienced, it was go go go. Yeah. And then the older you got, the more experience I got. It necessarily wasn't go go go. It was make sure these young men's minds are straight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not physical at this point. Get right. their mind. So I I don't know if I had to put percentages on it, but over the course of time, I really believe that, you know, I mean, I remember I remember early in, in my coaching career, there was, tech never got closed mm-hmm. in the olden days. Right. Ever. Yeah. And this happened to be one time where it did. And, and uh, I remember talking to Rick Yo on the phone. I said, Rick, he said, no, you're not having practice. I said, Rick, we're having practice because mm-hmm. we have to have practice. Right. I wasn't being disrespectful. I just, we just couldn't take a day off. Right. Yeah. In my mind. Mm-hmm. And it was probably one of the best. That's how I learned. He said, no, you're not practicing. And you know what? The guys came back much more fresher the next day. We didn't have practice. Right. And they came back much fresher. So you got to take into consideration, you know, you got to, you got to see how our legs doing, you know, as an example, and you got to talk to your players. You got to talk to the staff. You got to, you got, you got to meet on this. You know, and I do think that it was, it was, that, that was a learning thing that I, that never wanting to skip a practice to, to, to thinking it's really good to skip a practice, you know, mm-hmm. and the mental portion is so valuable at any level. Right. Yep. You know, you know, sometimes, sometimes a coach doesn't explain to a, a kid the drill, whether you're in eighth grade or, or varsity or, or college so that they understand it, they go out and do it and they do it wrong. And, and they need, they need better terminology or a better explanation. And we as coaches, that's our job. Mm-hmm. You know, if we explain it wrong and a kid doesn't understand it, we got to find a way to do it right. Right. And they have to also ask questions to, to, to understand it. But sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And sometimes coaches and or players don't, don't see it that way. And, and, you know, for you to be successful, there can't be any other way than to, than to understand it and, and, and realize that, that I need to do a better job as a coach or you need to do a better job as a player listening. Yeah. Right. So, but early on, and of course, right through the whole way, you, you put a lot of emphasis on X's and O's, executing game plan, stuff like that. Yep. Keeping, keeping it very simple, uh, having a, a philosophy, having core values that we needed to live by every day, whether they're on the court or off the court and living with those and, you know, being prepared and, you know, keeping it simple, putting some a little more, you know, depending upon if the player and or the team could handle a little more in-depth mm-hmm. offense or defense for that matter. Right. And knowing that, uh, you know, to be successful, everybody has to be on the same page. And and uh, I think I think with certain teams, you can do a lot more. With certain teams, you have to do a lot less to be successful. And mm-hmm. that's okay. Right. It's yeah. not just because you know how to do this. Every team has to do that. Every year, it's different. Mm-hmm. And you, you cannot count on next year because everybody's back because everybody's gunning for you. Right. And there's, there's multiple changes that can happen and you gotta, you gotta, we started over every year. Mm-hmm. We started over with the fundamentals every year, whether we had three all Americans on the team or zero, right. we did the same things. 
And yes, it gets repetition, but that's what sport is, repetition. Yeah. And you got to do it, and it's the players that want to do it and, and want to do it well are the ones that are the most successful. Yeah, right. No, a lot of what I'm interested in, a lot of what I'm asking you is the obsession itself, but also the mindsets that you've got a unique perspective for somebody to be a Division Two basketball coach like you were, um, to, to ride that life. I mean, there's got to be ups, downs, whatever else. I'm curious, how much does your... Uh, is it like the intern your your internal uh, mental health or whatever else from a uh, I'm just picturing it from a sales perspective that I think that a lot of people would say from in sales and real estate how you think about yourself internally how you carry yourself your own psychological being directly impacts the results of what you are engaged in how true is that as a coach is that I, a I think it's true and I think you know we I think we touched on this a little bit earlier as a player that internal desire to to compete and to be the best you can be. It's the same for coaching. It's the same for, for business. And, and another thing that I want to add on that, I mean, it, it, well, let me add, I, there's, there's two things. I know I'm going to forget the second one because mm -hmm. now I, I thought of this one. The, the, the first thing is at Michigan Tech, we really haven't gotten any pressure to, to win X amount of games. Mm -hmm. So as a coach, you put that internal pressure on yourself. Right, yeah. And it's part of the paying attention to detail. It's, a, it's part of being the best you can be. We don't talk about winning and losing. Mm -hmm. We talk about being the best you can be, doing things right, doing it all the time. And the winning, the winning takes care of itself. Mm -hmm. And as a, as a coach, it, it's, an internal, it's an internal switch. I remember multiple times waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning and having to go watch film. Yeah. Because you thought of something. Yeah. And, and, and if you're into it, that's what you do. Yeah, right. You know, and I always say this, you know, I don't want to, this is not disrespectful to our profession. Uh, coaching coaching is, is very interesting. And it's not that you have to do a lot of hard things, but it takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. To watch eight game film right. just takes time. For sure. You got to be there a lot, you know, and, and, and that's not, Looking for sympathy is just what you have to do if you want to be successful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, getting back to, to our point, you know, the tech administration has not put any pressure on us having to do this. You put that on yourself. And, and another thing that I want to say about, you know, coaching with a passion and having family and, and helping these, these young men with all the aspects that you and I talked about, about what a coach does is, having to give them life in the balance. Mm -hmm. You know, there has to be some balance. You can't just play basketball or you just can't go to school. Right. You, there has to be more things in your life that you need to be able to throw into the, the, the scheme of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to be able to do some hobbies. You got to be able to, to have other friends, to do some stuff away from basketball, to mm -hmm. do some stuff away from, you know, to do some stuff away from school and, and give players at the division two level, you know, life in the balance. So, and, and as, as in business, it's, it's the same way. I'm, I'm sure it's the same way. If you got to get this done, you got to get it done, but, but you also have to have a balance in your own, you know, your own personal life. And I, and I, and I think that I alluded to that earlier and I'm think that I, I think that's another reason why, you know, my wife is such a saint because she, she allowed me to have that. My balance was going to work. Yeah. And, and, and she allowed me to do that. Yeah. Did you struggle at times with the balance side of things? Well, you you know, when I struggled the most was when I was missing my kids' games. Yeah. And that that really wasn't balanced. Right. You know, I, I should have 
dropped what I was doing and gone to their games. It's easy to say now, but sure. at the time I had to make that decision. Right. And that's why I'm so thankful I had the children and the, and the, and the, and the wife that I did to, to allow me to do that. So, so at the time I didn't think it was a bad decision because I thought I had to do that from my position. Mm -hmm. If I could counsel a young coach right now, I'd say, get up at three o'clock in the morning, get it done. And then, and then, you know, go to your kids games because I, I do think, and, and don't get me wrong. I, I didn't miss all of them. Right. I yep. missed some of them for sure. Right. And you know, I know now that there's some parents that don't miss a game period. Right. You know, I'm so old. There was games in back in the olden days, your parents didn't really come to all your games. Yeah. So right. I didn't, I, I didn't, I, I wanted to go to as many as I could. And, and, and I, and I, and I did, right. but, uh, just things like that, that, that you have, I, and I don't want to say it's, it's even a regret right now. I think I would, if I had to do it over again, I would, you know, counsel myself to, or teach myself to, to be able to, to get to some of those games. Mm -hmm. For sure. No, I know what you're saying. It's not like you were, it's not like you didn't go to the games. You right. made to the ones that you could. And, That's a true but, statement. But, but still it's uh, a lot of pressure. I mean, at work, there's times I'm on a family vacation. I've got a real estate deal. I've got to get done. And instead of doing this, water park i'm sitting here doing a real estate deal and it's afterwards i'm like was it that important but at the time it was like this has to be done if i don't do this this client's not gonna be able to buy their dream house that's right so it's just a it's a constant that's battle. being good at your job too right yeah. it's being good at your job but but then after the fact you say oh my gosh could how could i have made it different and and you know sometimes it just can't be different and yeah. that's the way you feel and that's the way i feel and, I, and that's okay too right right so yeah for sure in hindsight some good advice is yeah try to find a blender or, or like you said, get up three hours earlier and yeah. make it happen. Whatever yeah. you got to do. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, yeah, good stuff. So the, as uh, again, diving through the coaching time span, of course you've progressed, players have progressed. Do you have any memorable experiences? I mean, of course you could, you could, I'm sure you could tell me hundreds and hundreds. <laughs> How much of time do you have? <laughs> but I'm thinking from like a, a player, uh, progression from, a, a the, the boy to man mindset or, or the, the, uh, you know, the, the lacks direction and now he's got direction. Do you have any neat progressions from a, a player transition? I have some great, some great stories that still, uh, to this day, I, you know, it's, it's hard for me to believe, you know, and I'll give you an example of a, of a young man, uh, who, who was a freshman, uh, on our team. And, and, uh, he, uh, his name was Matt Cameron. I hope I can use names. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He yeah. was a freshman, and we knew he was going to be an outstanding player. Right. Uh, just a, a number one, an outstanding person, an outstanding player. And and I don't know if Matt would remember this if he if he hears this podcast or if he, if he heard this story. Uh, we call a timeout. We're down by we're down by two uh, at Lake State. There, it, it, we're within the last fifteen seconds of the game. Mm -hmm. He's a freshman, I might add. Right. Yeah. And. Uh, I we I took the whole time time out diagramming a play, and as we're doggone near walking out, I second guessed myself. Mm. He turned to me, hit me on the shoulder, and said, "No, run that play." <laughs> and I said, "Okay, run the play." And I said, "Matt, why do you want me to run the play?" Because he says, "If so and so misses, I'll go get the rebound." Right. He's a freshman. Yeah. Guess what? We ran the play, so-and-so missed, guess who got the rebound, made two free throws, put it in overtime, we win. Right. Unreal. Matt Cameron. Right. I mean, those are examples of of how a, how a young man makes strides. Yeah. Same group of guys. 
not necessarily Matt in this case, mm-hmm. two years later, right? Know that we have a good team, right? We have a we have a in fact we have a great team at that point, mm-hmm. and uh, I just a little bit that people might not understand, but I've been I've been letting the cat out of the bag recently. Now that I'm done, mm-hmm. when if I would walk out on the court to to address the team it wasn't going to be pretty right yeah if they came to the bench i could keep my composure right. but if i went out to the out to to, to half court yeah. it wasn't going to be pretty right so we were down at grand valley uh and i literally met them at half court yeah and i ran and raved for 30 seconds and i looked up to one of those guys and i said did you understand what i what i just said and I know doggone well he didn't because I was spitting, I was swearing, I was doing stuff that a rotten coach would do. Mm-hmm. And and one of the guys just said, Coach, you just told us to start playing. Right. They did and they took care of the, the result. Right. Yeah. You know, so it it's situations like that, that that I remember and they laugh about. Yeah. But but uh know that progress is being made. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get guys that can do stuff like that, it's it, it's unbelievable. And those same guys are, are now friends of mine. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just amazing. They have families and they're friends and, and, and the relationship, not only that, that they have with each other, but that I am fortunate enough to have with them now is just, is it's, it's, uh, it's worth a million bucks. Yeah, for sure. Though Matt Cameron's year, you guys played, uh, Re- is it a you played regional a, a regional yes NCAA yes. tournament at Michigan Tech year, yes right? what year was their that senior year that was 2003 okay I was 10 years old at that game you guys might as well have been in the NBA I mean it was unbelievable <laughs> it was yeah oh what an experience and and if I had if we ran a great great play I'll never forget that play but but and you you know these are things that you're triggering with me right that we we ran a play with four seconds left to go to put the game into overtime, and we missed the shot. But I've used that play since then, yeah. and I've I've learned to explain it properly, so that the the next teams ran it with much more precis- precision hmm. than than that. We needed a three, There's right? Four yeah. seconds left to go in the game, yeah. And uh, and we lost. We 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 missed the shot. But uh, I, I learned from that experience that you need to do your explanation much more in depth mm-hmm. and spell out because of the pressure, right. not only from a coaching standpoint, but from an inbounding standpoint and a shooting standpoint, we wouldn't have won the game anyway because our guy was standing on the three-point line. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. So moving forward, I had to say, okay, here's the play. You make sure you you look down at your feet, and look to make sure you're outside of the three point line. And mm-hmm. from an inbounding standpoint, you make sure that he's outside of the. So we let the play develop, but then the last two things were get yourself outside of the three point line and inbounder. Don't throw it until he gets out there. Right. So yeah, it, it, it's really interesting that that uh, how you progress as a coach and how you progress in teaching as a as a coach. Because it's never ending. If it is ending, you got to get out. Mm-hmm. Because right. then you think you've know it all, and I certainly know that I don't know it all. But but you have to continue to learn because every year is a new one, and you got if you if you're not learning and working hard, somebody else is, and they're going to pass you up. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of 
yeah that, that was again that was a fun one to be at that game it was <laughs> it was packed that was a neat experience as a coach i'm sure eh? you know it, it was it was crazy because one of the biggest things there was all disappointment yeah but one of the biggest things that i that i got out of that game was there was an article and the athletic director from from uh I don't know if it was the I think it was the athletic director from Southern Indiana, because uh, that's the team that beat us. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a uh, a fan that that said uh, Michigan Tech does things right after that. Mm-hmm. And and to me that was as as disappointed as I was as a leader of the team, you know, to get reinforcement that hey, a bunch of youpers and a bunch of People up in Hick, mm-hmm. Houghton, Michigan right. can 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 produce a, a, a good team. Yeah, uh, was was really uh, a pat on the back for Michigan Tech for Michigan Tech basketball and and for our and for our university and the community. Mm-hmm. They, these people couldn't couldn't understand how how we could run such an organized event, have such a good team, and then have the community you know, be so supportive of all the teams. Right, yeah. It, in, in going back to that, you know, and I'm glad you had a great, great time at that at 10. Uh, it was, it was, you know, and, and another thing that I got out of that was I had been at Michigan Tech as a student and had to stand in line for hockey games. Mm-hmm. And then as a coach, never seen a line for basketball games. There was a line for basketball games. That and I'm thinking, oh my God! Right. At at three o'clock for a six o'clock game, people were starting to come into the gym to line up to get into the gym yeah. for a men's basketball game, which I thought was unheard of, but thought was pretty cool because I've I'd seen it in other places before. Yeah, for sure. No, it was packed. Didn't we set a record? Oh my God! It was it was packed, yeah. and you know, unfortunately, after the fact, it was it was. Uh, I'm not trying to squeal or, or have sour sour grapes or eggs here, but. Right. Uh, uh, Kentucky Wesleyan, who won it, had played with ineligible players. Oh shoot! So that would have turned everything, everything. You know, the whole bracket would have been different. Right. And it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. It's it's right. water under the bridge. But yeah. uh, that was the dis- that was besides losing the game. That was the biggest disappointment. That you know the the months to come found out that they were not playing with uh, all eligible players. Crazy. Yeah, and, that'd be... and, and Division One transfers, I might add. Yeah. Oh, crazy. So that would have been, I mean, it sounds like you've let it go, but obviously there had to have been some frustration when you heard that. Well, uh, it's disappointing in, in not, not there, there's nothing you could do about right. it, but disappointing for the team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, the, Kentucky, in that region that year, there's eight teams came up there. I think six, six of those teams were ranked in the top 20 in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, my goodness, that's unheard of. Right six of the top 20 teams in the country in one region. Yeah. And it was tough and there was a lot of people and I think I think the people were were happy to see how how well how how good Division 2 basketball is and and how well our program uh, represented itself. For sure, yeah. The only correlation I'm thinking of there too and then one of your last years with Kyle Monroe and these guys you couldn't complete the yeah, tournament. Yeah, that, hey, that, that will always be a void that we'll never know. Yeah. You know, we're, we're down in the airport in Chicago and I get, we're getting on the, on the plane to go to Indianapolis 
and I'll be doggone if Suzanne didn't call me and say the game is off. Unreal. So, you know, we didn't know whether to stay there. We didn't know whether to get a bus to come home. We did continue to go through because I knew we had at least a place to stay. Mm-hmm. So basically what turned out is we went down to, uh, we went down to Chicago for an expensive meal or uh, Indianapolis, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. for an expensive meal and flew home the next day. Right. But what a disappointment. I, I thought, honestly, we were playing as good as basketball as any team that, that I've coached right. here. Uh, we, we understood who we were. We understood what we had to get accomplished. We were, we were fabulous offensively and yeah. we had things rolling. Right. You know, that was a fun team to watch. You guys flowed. Yeah. Everyone played well. It was you, know, you know what? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, boy, what I mean, it was everybody knew to a T what their role was. Right. And it wasn't that I did that. Mm-hmm. They did that. The yeah. team figured it out. And, and and everybody in the country knew that if we needed a basket, we were going to throw it to Kyle Monroe. Right. So, but the nice thing about that was he had very a very, very supportive cast. For sure, yeah. A week earlier, he a week earlier he goes down with a with dehydration and 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 the flu, and Owen White steps up and scores you know twenty twenty some points and we beat Grand a, a very good Grand Valley team mm-hmm. to give us a chance. Right. So you know I mean it was just everybody knew their role was my point and everybody knew what we were going to do for our offense but those guys just executed so well we were playing you know we were I can't remember what seed we were at the at that. Uh, that particular year but uh i felt i felt like we could have clearly made the elite eight you know won that won that regional and mm-hmm. and, and we damn near did uh last year right you know right. we lost by a couple points yeah was that uh was it tough to try to i mean as a coach it's obviously a big letdown you can't play that game oh. but then it was a tough to try to find uh inner hey guys it's bigger than basketball kind of a speech or what was that? you know what I, I, if, if I remember, if, you know, I, I do remember that. I, I know that I got emotional for them, mm-hmm. not for me because I was coming back. Right. Yeah. But I got very emotional for them. You know, you know, guy like Monroe, it's his last, it's his last, last hurrah. Mm-hmm. He's done. Right. And those guys that were seniors on that team didn't get a chance to, to, to be who they could be. Yeah. And you know, in all in all fairness, I was disappointed for my group, but there was a lot of teams in the same boat. Yeah, right. So we weren't we weren't alone. And and to all those players, you know, they'll there will there will I don't know that you there will always be that void. I guess that's the best way of putting it. Yeah. You know the what ifs. Right. So I told uh, I told our people that on the banner we we're going to put up a banner. Mm-hmm. There was sixty four teams chosen. We're one sixty fourth national champions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because who knows, right? Right? Who knows? Have you done that? Is there a banner? <laughs> no, I would, <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. In my mind, in my mind, there we're 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 national champions, right? right? We don't have to put a percent on it. We were national champs. Yeah. Right. The uh, yeah, good stuff. Any, I'm I'm thinking, of course, the the transition from high school to Division two basketball. It's a huge transition. Any advice to a 15-year-old kid, 14-year-old kid that has dreams of going to that next level? Yeah, I, I think the first thing, and we've, we've talked about it a million, million times here, Logan, is, is, excuse me, number one, be who you can be. And number two, this is tough to do, but have that challenge within yourself to want to become the best you can be. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you go out for two hours 
doesn't you're going to you're going to get better mm-hmm. to practice doesn't mean you're going to be the best you can be right you have to be able to address where you're good where you're not good look at it and and that comes with coaching but it also comes within yourself of being able to to know that well you know and, I, and i'll go back to i'll go back to those nights shooting and get yelled at by my mom mm-hmm. you know i had to make 10 in a row most nights and if I missed, it was easy if you missed the first two or three. Mm-hmm. It was when you missed that ninth or tenth where you had to start all over again. Right. Right back at block one. And it's that discipline to to challenge yourself because it's just too easy to quit. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's just too easy to quit. And right. if you, if, if, if I could, getting back to your specific question, you know, don't allow your, you have to stop at some point, yeah. but don't quit. Right. You know, there's a difference. Yeah. I got to go in because my mom's making me go in. Right. But don't don't quit because you you just said oh, I can't make 10 in a row. You can make 10 in a row. Yeah. Have right. that 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 inner drive to 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 get that done and 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 I and if I had to to the last thing I'd say a kid was you got to make it enjoyable for yourself though. Mm-hmm. Play games. Yeah. Play not not necessarily in in case of basketball, but play games within within yourself to compete, to challenge yourself to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, mentally play games. You know, uh, put yourself in that situation of last couple seconds. Last, if you have the puck, put it in the net. Going, mm-hmm. you know, going in the far upper corner. I don't know what number that is. Or they call it what right. what number that is, or the five hole, or whatever. You know, right. practice those type of games. But, but you got to make it fun because you don't want it to turn into a job. And sometimes I think we as coaches turn it into that, into a job. And at times it gets, because I've often thought since, since I've retired, did I make it fun? Right. Did I make it fun? And, you know, the best fun you're going to have is winning. Don't get me wrong. But there's also, there's also the challenge uh, of which challenge is not the, the word fun, Mm -hmm. but but there is some fun in trying to be the best you can be if you challenge yourself. Yeah. And I, th- I, we, we did that every day, but sometimes it is, it can be fun. And sometimes you have to do things to quote, make it fun, right. have shooting contests, do, you know, do things that you can get some things accomplished. So I think as a coach, you know, you have to have, again, going back to the word balance for kids in this day and age, you got to do, you, you do have to make it fun, but you also, you, you have to challenge and, 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 to a certain extent, the kids, the kids have to, to make it fun in their mind too. Whether it's competing hard as a as a practice player or competing hard to to win a championship as a full time player. Right, right. So thinking about the fiery coach side of things, when I watched, I never looked at it as a as a detrimental thing. I think if you were yelling at a player, he just did something you told him not to do twenty times in practice that week, and he did the same thing or whatever else it is how much of that was calculated and how much of it was just sheer passion that was just I, well that's a great up. that's a great question i i i have to be honest with you i didn't ever go in fact i i still multiple times during when i was working and you know certainly after i retired people say you know we come to the game to watch you too. Mm-hmm. And I try to discourage that. That That's not the reason for coming to the game. Right. So it's, it's all passion and, uh, no matter what it, it it's, it's, the, it's the passion for the game. And, and sometimes the, the game requires me, you know, 
going to bat for our guys challenging the officials. Mm-hmm. And and there was, I, I can tell you this, never ever has, a, has an official determined the outcome of one of my games. Right. But, you know, people, people blame the refs. Mm-hmm. You can't blame the refs. It's not the refs' fault. Right. It's our fault. Yeah. But uh, people will think it's swayed that way. But, you know, I, I, again, I, I, it was interesting because when I did retire, I had multiple refs from the leagues, you know, say how nice it was to, to work with, work for me is what they said. Right, yeah. And, you know, I just wanted to make sure that more times than not, I'd, I would perfect, perfectly explain it to them that there was no hard feelings no matter. Because I think people did think there was times where I was rough on the officials. But mm-hmm. uh, certainly I was more rough on myself and the team than, I, than I've ever been on an official. And, and to, to specifically go back to your, your question, I think you don't ever know going into a game when and if it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I do think you, you know, you, you have to continue that passion and you, ha- you need to be able to, to sometimes it motivates a player. Sometimes it doesn't motivate a player. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I got a technical to try to motivate our team, right. You know, to, to do things like that. And, and you don't ever go into it saying at the 18 minute mark, I'm going to get kicked out. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes that happens. Yeah. Right. No, I remember our football coach was really harping on a ref one day, one day, and the other coach tried to calm him down. And he said, "No, I need to prove a point. We're gonna," and he let it go till he got a technical for whatever. Whatever. I don't remember what the point he was trying to prove, but there was a a point where he said, "I need to go through with this." And and going back to the responsibility of assistant coaches, that's one of the responsibilities. Right. Know when to grab the 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 head coach by the back of the back of the neck and pull right. him back, yeah. and, and, <laughs> and certainly that's happened to me before. Uh, but but you're right. There's you know that a good assistant coach will let it go if it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. But certainly you can't, you know. I, and I get nervous about embarrassing the uh, embarrassing the program sure. more than anything. But right. but I I wouldn't you know based upon the times the you know that that I look back and and the thought I may have been out of control a little bit. I I, I certainly didn't embarrass our our, our program or the university. Uh, maybe myself, but 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 not 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 the program. Yeah, like no, I don't think so at all. Like I said, I I looked at it with total respect. To me, it was you were fighting for your players, you're fighting <laughs> for your team, and I think as a player, that's just coach, and he's really passionate about what he does. You know what I mean? It's not like a, a, a negative thing. I don't think at all. I think more more times than not, the guys that I coach thought the same way, right. and and as a as a as a, an athlete, you saw that in me also. And I think most, most fans think it's that way too, but Mm -hmm. you know, some of them, you know, they get a little bit edgy because they think I crossed the line. Sure. Uh, I'm not sorry for that. I think that's something that you have to do. And if those people were sitting in my chair and doing what I did on a regular basis, they'd understand also. Mm -hmm. And I think you'd rather flirt with that line versus the other end of it. And no question, no passion without a doubt, you know, and, and, and not have the, the most important people, you know, your team think that, well, he's not even going to bat for us. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that, that will never happen as long as I'm, you know, in in the scenes, I'm going to bat for us, for the team, for the program and for, for their well-being. Yeah. Right. And we don't have to dive deep into it, but you've retired. Do you think you'll have something to try to I mean, I guess to say fill the hole or whatever else. I mean, you've been a competitor for 50 years. You know, I, uh, two things that, that, that have filled three things. Uh, I, I retired and, uh, Suzanne came back to me and asked me to, to, to come on part-time to fill a void that, that we had in the athletic department mm-hmm. of which I've, I've done, uh, you know, from June of last, last, uh, 
last year. Uh, so that's filled sometime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gotten in, my wife and I've gotten into woodworking okay. and doing some, some, you know, basic elementary, you know, woodworking projects, you know, that, that we've really found a like and taking a, taking a liking to that. We spend a lot of time on the weekends and, and at the, uh, nights doing that she's still working so mm-hmm. so it's 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 a great project because we can do it together and the the third thing that we just uh that's that's been the most time consuming is uh i thought that when i retired that i needed to be a better husband and and father mm-hmm. you know given given back to them because they've given so much to me right uh we just recently couple months ago picked up a couple puppies so hmm. they're uh i'm in the training that's a project now oh yeah training uh training two uh french bulldogs how to sit right. at the same time yeah so uh my work is cut out for me because i don't think i'm very good at that we are going to try to get professional help for them sure <laughs> <laughs> and me <laughs> right. as far as the training goes but uh those three things you know working part-time have have started it and you know certainly we'll you know we'll continue to do we'll continue to to do the woodworking and then we'll then there will be a another adjustment when when barbara makes makes her decision that that she wants to be done working so Mm -hmm. uh we've done that to date and you know we're it's working out really well you know right now and you know we'll we'll uh we'll every day is a challenge and we'll we'll learn new things to do it you know together and Mm -hmm. and hopefully everything we we do we'll do together and uh going into this i didn't know what retirement meant and i still don't understand it right but i know that i don't have to go to work every day that's that's the only thing i know for sure uh it's kind of fun and i've heard people say you know since i've retired i didn't know that there was such thing as you know what I did, how I found time to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the days still it goes by fast, but it's full. Right? Yeah, it's full. Believe it or not. Yeah. No, I think it's neat. I think it's. Uh, I mean, as a coach, as a player, whatever else, you're you're constantly learning, progressing internally. Retirement is just another step down that road. You know what I mean? It's You've part gotta, of the progression. Yeah, it's part of the progression. You gotta. You know, I I don't wanna, I don't want to uh, waste time. Right. But uh, one thing that's really bothered me since I've retired, though, is that I've learned that in the winter months, you know, I've always heard people say, uh, boy, the sunshine, the sun doesn't shine enough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a coach, you went in for seven o'clock. Right. And, you you know, we didn't practice till in the afternoon. So you went to work in the dark Mm -hmm. and you come home in the dark. Right. And you're in the office and you don't see the sunlight. I'm really upset that it doesn't get daylight until 8.30. Yeah, right. I, I didn't realize from, you know, yeah. it, it, it's so late in the morning that right. there's there's no light. Yeah. You can't, you know, it's it's pitch dark at, you know, 8 o'clock yeah. in the morning, you know. So that's been my biggest disappointment in retirement yeah. is learning that there there is no there is no light till 8.30. Right, right. No, it's bitter. It's got to be bittersweet. I mean, uh, ending a, a long and fulfilling career, and obviously you just wish the new coach the best and whatever else, but it's... Uh, for sure, I could see it as a growth period for you. Uh, oh yeah, there, yeah. anybody that says they understand what retirement is immediately, I've heard many, many people say they've enjoyed it, and and we all do. Right. And uh, I just want to touch on that point that you said. Uh, I'm so happy that that Bittner and Stelzer are running the program. You know, yeah. two two past players, two players I trust, two pe- two people that I that I really care about as people that are good people that are going to do a fabulous job. But getting back to retirement. Uh, I, I think I think everybody goes into it with apprehension, and I think 
I think a lot, I think people get nervous for a guy like me that, mm-hmm. that spent a lot of time at the office doing things and, and, and was passionate. What is he going to do with his time? But right. we find a way and it's, it's, I understand that it's part of the process and I, and I, you know, talking about the retirement, you know, I, I, I went to the first game, my first game this past Saturday, there was some alumnus up that, that coaxed me into coming to the game. So yep. it was, it was fun to see them. And, and, uh, uh the team looked really, really good on Saturday versus Davenport. And, yep. and, uh, it was, it was great to, to be back there and I, and I miss the people mm-hmm. and I miss practice. Right. I don't miss the travel one bit. Yeah. It, it, the, 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 the heartaches of, of losing, uh, I don't miss that because it's a bad feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's good in life and health right now. Sure. But, but, uh, the, the, the feeling of winning, you really don't, I really didn't understand how good it felt to win until now, because you knew that if you won the game, you had to start working toward the next one right mm-hmm. away. Right. And now when, when I, when I, when we win, when tech wins, it's a great feeling. You can, you can live with it. I don't have to go back and watch film and practice. So right. it's a, it's a great feeling. So yeah, I, I do, do, do not miss the, the travel at all in retirement. I do not miss the, 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 the feeling you have getting on the bus in Ashland, Ohio, after you lost at the buzzer, mm-hmm. that is, that is a, a terrible feeling for, for 10 or 11 hours. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go away, and and that's part that's part of the job you remember, and that's part of the decision in 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 wanting to leave. Right. Yeah. Sure. And and again, we could go on and on, but I think again, it's just another another. It's a blessing for sure to retire, but it's also another just tack, thing to tackle, another thing to overcome. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. both. Okay. You you hit that right on the head, yeah. Logan. It's 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 a blessing to be able to do it with relatively some good health, so I so I can, you know, so I can learn how to do some things. You know, a guy, my son's an avid fisherman, and he wants to teach me how to fish. And hmm. I don't know if you can teach an old dog new tricks, but right. the fact that I'd be with my kid would 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 excite me to to learn how to fish. And you know, I I and I know you're an avid hunter I, yeah. that's one thing that i have not had a passion for uh but uh, but i know that that uh people with that passion want to be good at it and 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 uh i don't know if i could ever you know like golfing i right. I, I know that i'm a rotten golfer i can't i don't i know i, I don't have a passion for golf so i'll never be that good mm-hmm. you know so it so i don't know if i'll ever be a good fisherman but i think the fact that makes that a little bit different it would it, be, it would be with my kid and that would make me happy yeah right so. yeah no it's good stuff the uh thinking about back to the coaching basketball side of things any favorite memories of course there's a thousand of them and picking one <laughs> doesn't diminish the other but any favorite memories any big meaningful moments that you want to close with yeah well there's a there's a you know i've talked about my family a little bit and uh i there's there's one kind of little funny thing that that i remember i'll never forget and i and i know that i i haven't told this to too many people and i and i know that my son wouldn't even remember this i don't even know how this happened going back to those lake state years not Mm -hmm. that particular game but uh i think we had a a single game on a saturday down at lake state so i said well i'll take my son Mm mm-hmm and, uh, and, and he was, gosh, he, he could walk, but he wasn't that old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was one of those timeouts where, where I met the team at half court. So you knew it wasn't going to be good. And I said to my kid, when the game started, you sit 
at the end of the bench, the opposite end of me. Right. I said, you sit at the end of the bench and don't move. (laughs) And he did pretty well, except for this time out. I I went, I went out and met the guys at, at, at the free throw line and I rant and raved and did what I did down at Grand Valley was my, my language wasn't the best. And, 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 uh, told them to get their butts in gear and and uh and i look i look over and there's my son standing between one of my one of my guy's legs yeah so he looked at me like dads you're saying bad words so i had to have a a personal discussion with my kid at that age you know yeah i said son there there's some things that you really don't have to that would that daddy says he's not proud about that but you don't have to tell mom right yeah <laughs> so that was a funny thing but, the, but getting back to some i mean i you know i could I could tell you stories for hours on on the satisfactions of of being a coach at Michigan Tech and in coaching at this level, and you know there the stories are are plentiful and there's some funny, there's some sad, there's some some real, but just the fact that the 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 satisfying thing for me in that position was uh, seeing a, a a young man coming in at eighteen and leaving what they left as and, and, and the relationships that we built is something that I'll never forget. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the friendships that you can gain through sport and the disciplines and the things that we talked about earlier about what sport can do for you is just, is just endless. And I, I would, I would say everybody should do it and I know everybody can't, but, uh, the, the, the opportunity to coach at such a, prestigious academic university and good athletic university all of all of our sports are are really good has been uh, nothing but what a blessing for me and and my family mm-hmm. yeah the uh, i don't know the exact quote but something to the effect of you can judge your life by the um, life by the amount of lives that you've impacted and like i said you've you've certainly impacted a lot of players and and a lot of people through the years. Yeah, you know what? And it's interesting because, you know, you, you impact players. Uh, you, you hope you impact a lot of them uh, in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And, I, th- and I, think th- I think that uh, my coaching has done that. Yeah. Uh, but I think you can impact some players in a bad way. But, sure. but in a way, then they have to learn that's something that I shouldn't be doing. Sure. Right, you know, yeah. so you impact them. And if it's a bad impact they have to make that adjustment so that they don't make that same mistake. So in a way you're impacting even the bad ones in a good way. Mm-hmm. So, sure. you know, I look at it that way because you can't make everybody happy. And I, no. and I think that, I think that there, there, there has been kids that have left our program that have been quote disgruntled, but, but I, I do think that they've, they've had, they've been impacted mm-hmm. uh, in, in a way that, that once, once that they get an opportunity to look back and say, you know, maybe, maybe there was some things that that guy said that were, that were true. And I, and you, you hope you, I hold myself to those and that's what, what you do going in, into the position. You don't ever want to impact in a, in a non-meaningful way or a good way, but sometimes that happens. Unfortunately, sometimes that happens and you got to be able to, it's just part of the, part of the job. And, and, and you, that's why in the, in the coaching process, you learn from those, those mistakes that you haven't and try to change it for the next time that's that same situation could occur. Mm -hmm. And not even necessarily mistakes, like in real estate, like as much as I can, I try to pour my heart and soul into every client that I've got. Yeah. 20 of them in a row, everything will go perfect. Uh, I'm working out well for them. The 21st, 
put the same heart, put the same soul yep. into it. And for whatever reason, things don't click. You've got issues. They're frustrated. They're walking away saying, what is this guy? Where you're like, what did I do differently? I, I poured my heart and soul into this 21st client and it didn't work. Same thing with a player. I mean, you just, yeah. It just, sometimes it doesn't work out. You're right. And yeah. if you approach it that way, you're going to have a long, successful career. You're a young man. You, you, you're going to have a long, successful career. And, and, you know, that's interesting because I've had, I've had teams throughout the course of these mm-hmm. where people say, well, what's wrong with tech this year? Right. I haven't changed a thing as X's and O's. Right. We've, in fact, as a result of being bad, I learned enough to teach the next guys. For instance, uh, it, 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 I don't even know how many years it was till I had a losing team. Mm-hmm. And if it's not broke, you don't fix it. Right. But when, when you have a losing team, from a coaching standpoint, you say it's broken, mm-hmm. so you got to get better yourself. Right, and and you 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 make adjustments X's and O's, but you haven't changed your philosophy or your core values. Mm-hmm. And you know, people say, "Well, what's wrong with tech this year?" And I say, "Nothing. Right, we're still in progress." Right, and you know, you you, you I can always be thankful that you don't ever succumb to to one person's criticism or questioning. Mm-hmm. If you have core values and you believe in what you're doing, you stick with them, you do it right. And, and, you know, going back to you, I would, I would say to you being an old timer compared to you, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that you, you recognize that, that it didn't work out. You can't be disgruntled by one person saying, you know, not being happy with the outcome mm-hmm. because you didn't do anything differently. Right. You're going to keep doing things right and it's the right way and, and that's the way you got to keep it. We're just yeah. not going to make everybody happy because we don't go into any transaction or any coaching job saying, boy, I'm going to do a rotten job with this guy, mm. this team, you know. Right. So keep up the good work there. Yeah, appreciate it. One, I, 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 any, I guess my curious ending question and you can tell me, have you had a, a, probably a lot of players or any players or lasting things where they've come back to you years later? Maybe you guys had a sticking point, you, something you always fought over, whatever else, and they said, Coach, thank you for that. I didn't realize at the time. Uh, in terms of, of what you're talking about, a, stick, a sticking point? Yeah. Yeah, no yeah. question. I had a, a, a young man, I, I would prefer not to use his name uh, uh, in this situation, but but uh, but, but true story. Uh, good player. Won, won a couple games for us. Mm-hmm. A uh, good player, going to be potentially could be a great player. Right. Uh, ran into some issues with his teammates and not being a very good person. Sure. So being the leader, I booted him off the team. Mm-hmm. Gave him his scholarship, but booted him off the team. Right. Uh, for 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 the reasons I felt was was enough to do that because yep. he was not being good to his teammates. Right. And uh, he was upset with me, could have beat me up at any point. Sure. Uh, his father got, invo- got involved and uh, was very unhappy with me. Mm-hmm. And I we had the discussions. And uh, two years, two years later, this same individual came back into the gym to watch what at the time was, would have been his senior teammate. Mm -hmm. I was walking into the gym, almost ran into him head on. Hadn't talked to him since I booted him off. And he said, coach, you got a minute? I said, sure. He said, at the time I didn't like it, but it was the best thing that ever happened. You taught me a life lesson that I needed to be taught. Yeah. So it was, 
it was a bad thing at the time, but turned into be a, a really good thing. He said, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I, I'm, I, I made changes. Not that I was right. Mm-hmm. He was just wrong. And right. it was, it was, it wasn't for basketball reasons that I booted him off. Mm-hmm. It was for personal reasons that I booted him off. Right. Yeah. And he said, I made some changes in my personal life and I was disappointed that I was off the team, but, uh, yet none, the flat, none, none, I, I learned from that lesson and it's the best thing that could have happened to me. And, yeah. and that really made me feel good that he was man enough to come up to me and it made me sad that it had to happen. But as you look back at it, you're talking about one of those miscues. He recognized it and that's an awesome ending to a, to a terrible story, but an awesome ending. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll close it with, like we said, it's bigger than basketball sometimes. Oh, you yeah. know what? It, it sport, sport and the program is, is, is bigger than any individual uh, and that's what I've always said. If you want to be good, you got to be a part of a team and, and there is individual sports. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, but, but with that being said, you know, hockey, basketball, you know, football, those are all, everybody wants to be all American and everybody wants to be the best they can be. But, but it all has, you all have to do that within the, the guidelines of the team first. And if you can do that, an all American might re, might, might result in having good teammates that'll, that'll help get you to that level. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it, Kevin. Thanks for coming in. You know what, Logan? Thanks. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you.